Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Yanks podcast, um, the podcast where we talk about activism, climate justice, allyship, anti-racism, refugee rights, anti-oppression, pretty much all the things that can seem like big, overwhelming topics that can make us want to, or make people want to yikes and run away, but instead we're going to lean into the yikes of it and... And learn together. Yeah. And, and grow together. Get uncomfortable. And get uncomfortable, mm. yeah. And today's topic is very uncomfortable and super important to talk about, mm. um, which is white saviorism and the good white peace. Yes, it's so important. It's so prevalent. This um, kind of white savior complex, this white saviorism is so present throughout the media and throughout so many different industries as well. Um, and there are so many reasons why it's important for us to unpack that and we're going to go through that um, yeah. through this episode. Should we start with the media since we recently did an episode around media and the narratives that are being told and um, it is Black History Month in the UK as well um, and yeah, should we have a little, should we dive in straight away <laughs> as we do? Yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of what like I've learn about white saviorism especially in the media um or at least most recently what's really inspired me um has been from at the real run star on instagram um aaron basically posted a series of videos where aaron talked about um the white savior narrative in films and it started off being this kind of like funny song that was talking about all these different films that like being like yep those are white savior films too and a lot of them are films that i've watched and enjoyed a lot um mm. and i was like whoa I didn't realize how far I'd fallen into this common trope of white saviorism that I had actually mm. become almost unable to really see it or to challenge these narratives properly um and there's so much in that video so I would really recommend like watching those videos um at the river and start we'll put um we'll put it in the on the Instagram and link it yeah, everywhere yeah. um but that's what made me think a lot about like because there's so many things to unpack within that it's like One of the one of, I remember one of the films that was in it was um, Green Book, which is a film that I actually really really enjoyed and like mm. I thought was a really great movie and was really beautiful. Um, and in it, like Erin's saying how you can you can a film can still be good and it can still have white savior narratives and we can still challenge things. I think there's like we're gonna talk after after probably talking about the media, we'll talk about like people in general as well. But part of like the good white person narrative is showing that we can all these things can coexist at once so a film can be like a yeah. good film it can be a good quality film it can have great actors it can like have amazing cinematography it can tell like a really beautiful story but we should still be able to pick out the parts of it that are problematic in the same and it's similar to like mm. people like someone can be a nice person in so many ways and can do loads of really good yeah. things but it doesn't mean that they should be exempt from accountability and that we shouldn't be able to hold them accountable exactly. in some way i think it's something that like really like again in those videos like also struck me of like you know this like this narrative around like white saviorism or the good white person in those movies um is done for white people mm. and it's like so that they can identify with something mm. in those movies and like first I think there's like there's so many things that like you can extract from that but like 
one one thing is definitely like why why do we need in movies for example that are like not about white people why do we still need a white person to be there so that white people can identify with something with someone? and that was the thing that like hit me the most in those videos is talking about how in a lot of these white savior movies pretty much the role of this gwp so like the good white person which has now become like a core thing that i think <laughs> and talk about mm. the, the the sole purpose of that person is so that the white audience doesn't have to feel too guilty yeah. about what happened yeah and their compliance yeah it's like for example in a lot of films that have been made around um slavery or time slavery like oh the transatlantic slave trade um a lot of the time there's always like the good slave owner or like the slave mm. owner's nice white son who actually likes people like isn't like yeah. that racist and it's just like and i didn't realize how much when watching if say that you're watching say you're a white person watching those films because there's a one one character who seems like a pretty decent person that you can attach to you can think that like if i in the classic if i had been back there in that time i would be that mm. one nice person and that's what's problematic yeah. because like we are still in times of oppression yes. and if you still believe if if as a person you still believe that you are incapable of upholding oppression. If you look in in the, if you watch a film about transatlantic slave trade mm. and you think that you you definitely would have been, been that the GWP, then you're going to be unable to like see where you do uphold oppression. Where yeah. you do today, yeah, where you do today, exactly. And I get you know on the flip side, like because so much of media, like is there's so little representation and misrepresentation also of like the black community mm. or or different groups of people that like white people always see themselves mm. they are all it's so like for it's so uncommon for white people to have a movie where they don't see a white person mm. so like even in movies that shouldn't be at all about you know white people we still manage mm. to have this like good white person there yeah it's like one thing that i was quite struck by was um quite struck by but like was i watched um harriet <laughs> struck to the yeah. core i watched harriet recently yeah, harriet, yes. um which i thought was a really really great film one of the best films about the like about the transatlantic slave trade that i've seen mm. like in my life um it was about harriet tubman if people don't know who harriet tubman was um she was like part of the underground railroad that liberated mm. um enslaved people um in the united states and it's about like her and like about her like the fight that she led the, the, how, yeah. how that she led her fight and everything and in it there is not a single gwp there's not a single like character that has lines <laughs> that is the good white mm -hmm. person so in watching it it's not like you're like it means that i feel like people would be more confronted with what it was i think people complained with um 12 years a slave as well um i actually haven't watched it in many years because i found it really quite traumatizing to watch but mm. People complain that Steve McQueen didn't represent any happy slaves. Um, and this is this shows how much the like, how mm. much media, and we talked about media in a few episodes ago, but like how much media is created to make white people comfortable. And it's made for white people mm. that when, when, when something isn't made for, for white people, that people are like, what? Like, wait a minute. Why are you actually showing what? That like, would surely not yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. it, I think remembering like what, what, what these things are made for is so important. Mm. And also like that shows in, goes into like what's, even if, so for example, if someone's like, oh, well, Green Book was a true story or 
all these other things are true stories is also like what stories are being chosen to be told mm-hmm. like what stories get funding what stories get put on the big yeah. screen um because yeah. that's also important too and why do you need to why do you need those stories to learn and emphasize and then take action mm. like why yeah why does know, that like, have to be the why is that why can't you just be confronted with it like with for example in hidden figures exactly i remember watching hidden figures at the cinema and thinking like oh this is a really wonderful film about amazing powerful black women and then afterwards i think i watched it when it like on the day it came out or something and then afterwards reading that like one of the key scenes was not true <laughs> like it wasn't real so hidden figures mm-hmm. is basically if people don't know is a film about um these three mathematicians black women mathematicians um who were a big part of um launching the the first spaceship the first into spaceship to the moon, moon i think it was or what spa- i actually can't remember i haven't actually I, seen okay I, I saw it a long time ago but basically they're a big part of like the space race yeah um and mathematics yeah and they didn't really get acknowledged very much this film was meant to be like acknowledging that their work um but there's a scene in the film and the whole thing's also about men talk about like the barriers they faced how like there's a big thing about how the women had to run like a mile i can't remember a very long long way to go to the toilet because there weren't any toilets for black people in this base station they were working at there were only white white only toilets there's this big scene like a, a one of the biggest scenes of the whole movie it's in the trailer and everything as well i think where um the like head of the space maths division or whatever this white man like knocks down the sign that says no coloreds or no blacks or whatever um out mm. outside the toilet and it's like a big commentary scene that didn't happen <laughs> that's not true <laughs> that didn't actually happen apparently what happened is mm. he sent like a memo being like oh could people maybe remove this sign so these women don't have to like run and out like this long to go to the toilet um and like thinking about like why that needed it's almost like they couldn't have made a film that showed the reality because an audience wouldn't want to yeah. see the reality yeah i think people i mean this is you know particularly i guess this year like so much is coming up of like well if i would have been alive during this time mm. i would have definitely been that good person right we love to romanticize especially like i mean people with different privilege and like definitely growing up in germany like i always grew up with like pe- like hearing people around me being like if i would have been around during the nazi time i hope i would have or i definitely would have done something mm. and like and now like that we are you know we are in the civil resistance movement across the globe we are fighting fascism on so many different fronts and hatred and violence to a range of different communities and the intersections of those and yet still we are looking at like oh but like i'm the i'm the good person surely i'm not causing harm rather than actually like rather than going beyond the binary of good and bad yeah. and seeing that like when you hold privilege that is inherently mm. causing violence to someone else so like even though no matter your intentions and no matter how good you think you are you are still part of the system that oppresses mm. you know and like so there's no this there can't be like a good white racist mm. like and that's uncomfortable but hello so the yikes podcast is primarily supported by our wonderful patrons um if you don't know what patreon is it's basically a platform that you can support creators to make content um because we can't be fucked with capitalism so sponsored yeah ads. sponsored ads 
we do some sponsored ads, but yeah. usually um, most companies don't really support what we're doing. <laughs> if you are a company supporting our work and you're interested, shout out. Um, shout out to you. Yeah. But in general, we're, we want to be supported by our community because that means yes. we can talk about the things that we want to talk about. We aren't influenced in any way by anything. We just talk about the things that we think are important. And a lot of these mm. issues um, aren't really supported by many things. So that's why we're supported by you. We want to be owned by our community. Yeah. So if you do um, learn from us, you appreciate our work um, and this podcast, then um, yeah, please uh, join our Patreon. It's the Yikes podcast, just on Patreon. And uh, it helps, yeah, making this podcast sustainable and makes it actually happen. And more. yeah and also that we put on for the second tier we put on extra bonus episodes every week so you get Ooh. extra content um where we have like more relaxed chats about so many different things we've talked about migrant rights a lot on there we've talked yeah. about more about the media we've talked about so many different things, things. Yeah. some personal things um it's a really great space as well we sometimes do q a's we mm. share essays on there um, you just get more content from us and mainly you can support our work if you've learned anything from us um, so thank you to all the people who are already supporting us and yeah, yeah thank you for making this happen and yeah please check out the Patreon link in the show notes and we hope you're enjoying this episode and um, yeah thanks yeah so there's no dichotomy between good people and bad people and that's what's difficult about media because it presents it as this like there were the good people and the bad mm. people and like movies about the civil rights movement it's like there were the like it presents it pretty much presents all racist people as like clansmen in hoods yeah like it doesn't present racist people as like your neighbor or yourself like like mm. it deliberately makes these people so almost like far away that's why i think get out was a really good film because oh my gosh yeah like the people were very, like they were like we love obama like they were very like liberal white people mm. but the perpetuated racism in so many ways and that's the reality of what and that's why lots of people i think were made quite uncomfortable by get out because they were like we're not used like i'm but i'm not used to being represented in in these in this way or something mm. um on so many different levels there as mm. well of like her like of like this like fetishizing yes and like and then oh my gosh yeah so many different mm. so many different levels and it's just like yeah if you only if you only ever see racist people or racism presented as being perpetuated by clansmen or like really overtly violent people then you're never going to be able to see how you perpetuate that. Like, I really genuinely believe that, like, if we live in a racist system, if we live in a system where white people benefit off the oppression of people of colour, of black, indigenous people of colour, then, like, unless in genuinely every breath and every movement and everything that you do, you are actively resisting racism, I think that mm. everyone is racist to some extent. And yeah. I think that this idea of being like a racist or a not racist is not helpful because it's just like when people are more preoccupied by, <laughs> it's like when people are more preoccupied by being like, well, I'm not racist. Like I've had conversations with people, I've asked people to read me in white supremacy and they've been like, but I'm not a white supremacist. And I'm like, why? Yes, you are. Hun. Yeah. And also, I'm also like, but like, why is, mm. why are people so much, people, I think all of us, isn't it? It's quite an innate human thing to want to preserve ourself as being a good person like mm -hmm. we want to preserve the idea of ourselves as being a good person which i mm -hmm. think is why we resist the idea that we could perpetuate like 
ill and, and harm. And that's why we have, that's, but that's why the like, the GWP, the good white person, that's why seeing yeah. yourself as, I would even say seeing yourself as like a good ally is actually problematic because it's going to make you like, it's going to make it a lot harder for you to see where you're not good and where you yeah. cause harm. And then there's going to be a point at which you've fallen so far into all of like these problematic behaviors into these systems of oppression. You've got so comfortable with them that you're upholding things without even realizing it because yeah. you've just got so comfortable. Yeah, you've got so comfortable. And I think for, I mean, you know, as a, I mean, yeah, as a white person, like they, I think like, I mean, obviously being confronted with your privilege Mm. is uncomfortable but also it's like the easiest part of the whole unlearning and like Mm. actually doing the work Mm. and I feel like a lot of like the good white person like narrative is kind of like it's easier either to protect yourself from like of course that's not me or the like this almost like a self-loathing part of like and like like almost like shame and guilt but also that is also not helping towards justice yeah none of the narratives around that are actually a driving force of action of anti-racism work and like upholding this like like being more concerned around how you are um seen as a racist rather than if you're actually racist like that is like yes and that's where it comes down to. It's like, are you, is it more an ego concern thing? Mm. Is it, are you concerned about like, or is it like, are you actually concerned about the harm that you might be perpetuating? And that's why these like white savior narratives are so problematic because it make it means that you're like, yeah, if you constantly associate yourself with the good person and everything that you mm-hmm. see, then you're not going to be able to see how you actually perpetuate the harm that the bad person yeah. is doing. So like, there's a quote from the real and start from those videos that we talked about before, um, where they basically talk about how um, if you are unable to see yourself in the villain, if if you're unable to see yourself in the bad person, then you're not going to realise when you've become one. Like you're mm-hmm. going to have no like capacity to realise that. And that's something that struck me quite deep in the chest. And I've now started more when I'm watching TV shows about oppression or whatever, I actually try and reflect on like, okay, this person, the person who's doing ill, how have I perpetuated those behaviors? Mm. And how do I uphold those behaviors? And what am I, and what can I do to change that? And that's another thing that Leila Saad also talks about a lot as well, is that she says that it's really easy sometimes when you see people do overt forms of racist violence to mm-hmm. be like, um, oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Like, I, I remember when, yeah. yeah, like when, um, <laughs> when all the Karens went on Good Morning Britain, <laughs> like a group of women called Karen basically all went on Good Morning Britain to say how during like the biggest civil rights movement of our time, they decided to create a petition to um, ask people to stop using the word, the name Karen as a slur or whatever. And everyone was, yeah, it's ridiculous. Everyone was sharing that though, being like, I can't believe this. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, actually like, yeah, mate, I could firstly, I can really believe that. Like that wasn't that surprising to me. It was funny, but like, it was also like, it was funny because of how ridiculous it was. But it also wasn't surprising to me. But also, like, I think when I saw that, I was like, when instead of being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're like this, I'm not. I even thought, like, me as someone who I know that even though I have, even though I'm oppressed in some way, I also have privilege in so many other ways. I was like, how do I perpetuate similar behavior? How do, for example, mm-hmm. how do I center myself and how I feel in a situation where my feelings shouldn't be the priority because I am the mm-hmm. person with more privilege? I think there are so many ways in which 
we can see what like the villain or the bad person is doing and be like how do we actually perpetuate some of that behavior and that's how we'll cause more change rather than just being like pointing the finger out over there and being like they suck rather but sometimes Mm. you point the finger back in and being like how do we like perpetuate harm and how do we uphold oppression and i mean that's exactly you know where i think like how this like white saviorism like kind of like is fed or fueled Mm. of like you know, white supremacy thrives on exactly mm. the way that like we are like this like ideology and every like everything that the system is set up for white people to thrive. And so like the intention might actually be like, I I have all of I have this, 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 and I want to give it to X, Y, and Z. But like it because it is based on white supremacy and this like mm. internalized superiority and supremacy ideology you're caught people are causing more harm and it upholds white supremacy Mm. and like but that's exactly what white supremacy thrives of in colonialism Mm. and like and that's i guess the the way of like how it's upheld and like we see that a lot in you know in the environmental movement um of like we're not ready even though we're like a lot of people are more and more, you know, like thinking about like sustainability and justice or climate justice. Mm-hmm. How many of us, um, like white people and people in power positions are really ready to give up, to give up privilege mm-hmm. and to give up the resources that we are hoarding? Mm-hmm. Um, and how many of us are, you know, like, I mean, this is for, for example, a lot around like, conservation work Mm. like you think you have all the answers so you're going places and telling people how they need to be living their lives and how and how they need to manage the environment and like that is that is a form of colonialism and Mm. that's yeah we've talked a bit about what white saviorism is and in like the media but it's also so prevalent in our environmental movements and our social justice movements yeah i mean from the recognition around you know save the earth and then um i guess especially at the moment like where you know our government and like more and more people are getting into the environmental movement um and it's more and more this notion around like I need to get all the answers and I need to go there to do conservation programs and all of these things. And there's like so many different notions of saviorism. Mm. And like we've talked a bit before um, in episode three with Ellie Shimon, Mm. we talked a bit about like how kind of having a savior narrative like within especially like refugee work and stuff can actually be quite damaging in how it makes, um, it makes out that the receiver that there's a there's someone who's there to be the savior and that person is the only person who has any agency and power Mm -hmm. and then the the person who's receiving that aid or whatever is seen to have no agency and no power at all and that can be quite like dehumanizing as well um yeah and it also reinforces the like power imbalances around mm. you know like like looking beyond the like who was made vulnerable by what conditions but then also when you 
like and then saviorism like reinforces that this like dependency from one to another um and we mm. see that a lot around like also like aid and like like you said like refugee um like campaigning and like refugee rights campaigning and things where like if if there's no like self agency or like if all agency is taken by the like savior narrative then it means we are in this like vicious cycle where agency is constantly be- being taken from the individual that mm. is experiencing certain things and like actually therefore has like the most knowledge of how to mm. live in those situations mm. and it's like i remember when i was writing my thesis last year on um around like client refugee rights issues i read a lot about how actually a lot of people who are being displaced due to the climate crisis actually don't like being called a climate refugee Mm. and actually kind of rejects that idea because they see the idea of a refugee as someone without agency um, and they see themselves as they don't want to be seen as like these passive actors they want to like or they don't want to and it's really interesting to like to even see how maybe even like me referring to people as a, as a, as a refugee, kind yeah. of refugee could actually be dehumanizing to them mm. and how much like there's there's just so much more nuance in all of this work like just because we have good intentions doesn't mean that we'll be making good consequences and like yeah. especially especially around all these social justice issues it can be it can be so difficult because yeah then it ends up kind of being like imperialist in some way to impose mm. your ideas of what's good on other people even if you're trying to help them if yeah what you were saying like if you aren't listening to what these people actually want yeah then like that could be causing more damage and someone that i learned so much uh from in this topic and in this field is kyle white um he's an indigenous scholar from the Métis nation in turtle island and he talks a lot around like how indigenous peoples already live in post-apocalyptic times and therefore also like already know how to respond to climate catastrophe Mm. and like you know like so now that like white settlers or like um the people whose ancestors dreams it was to create these apocalyptic times for indigenous peoples like why would they have the knowledge suddenly who's like never experienced climate catastrophe like firsthand to tell indigenous peoples for example how to live their lives and like Mm. for me that was like I think that was like really, yeah, just like so groundbreaking. And like people who are on the ground have all the not like have so much knowledge rather than like me theorizing about yes. these things. And like mm-hmm. that, that is like I feel like for me it was like such a big call for our, for action and like for like stepping away and like making room around like you. I will never know exactly what is like in different instances and in different like lived experiences I can I can learn from but I will never truly be able to experience and like neither should I have to but like I can be there to like support and like I can be there to like beyond amplification like you know like create conditions that like reduce the harm and then like learn Mm. from them and like and like follow their lead there's no saviorism that is required and actually that would perpetrate more harm Mm. like yeah I think saviorism is just so it's so pervasive in in the environmental movement in so many ways Mm. if we look at like um I don't know if we look at initiatives that try that offset emissions or whatever and they go off to um countries and they they, rather than listening to indigenous knowledge sometimes they can cause more harm it's if you actually you need to actually talk to communities and like listen to people because 
an, an, an example that comes to my mind, not really around the climate, but more around like um, kind of saviorism causing harm was there was this, um, basically these people came up with this idea called the push pump, which was like a water pump that, um, so for communities in rural communities in sub-Saharan Africa, so they could get clean water. Mm. Um, but the idea was that rather than it being like a pump, like a lever pump, it was like a, um, I don't know the right word for it, like a merry-go-round. Like when kids push on those things mm, in the playground yeah, yeah. and they spin it around, it was meant to be that um, the idea was that instead of it just being like a boring pump, it's like a thing that kids can play on and then it will actually pump water as well. So then it'll be so fun. And loads of celebrities pumped loads of money into this idea because it seemed really attractive. And they, <laughs> yeah, literally pumped money into the idea because they were like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. When actually um, the people who designed this pump hadn't asked any of the communities mm. in these areas where they were going to install them, whether they actually wanted them or whether they thought that they'd be useful. Yeah. So they, they used like millions of dollars, put these pumps in all these different communities and the communities actually hated them yeah. and they were so much more expensive than the normal easy pump and it turned out that it wasn't kids because they'd be so hard to push around because it's not like it's the, the fun of like a merry-go-round kind of thing is that you push it and it swings around like really mm-hmm. easily but because these are pumping water they're so hard so it ended up being like the old ladies in the communities that be pushing them around not the kids no. or kids would charge other people to, to push it <laughs> for them to push it around yeah. so it wasn't being used in the way that like it they intended it to be used, but it was literally people yeah. coming from Western global North nations and being like, we actually think this is a great idea having not spoken to people. Mm. And that's why, and then it ended up costing more money. And it's probably and less water caught... efficient. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And so that's why like saviorism can be an issue that's being like, I know better than people who actually exist in that 100%. area. And so, yeah. And I think often like it's exactly that way. Like no matter your intention, like it it will or like it can perpetrate so much harm so like your intentions like good intentions don't matter when the outcome is harmful and perpetrates like Mm. further violence and like further dependency and like upholds toxic systems um Mm. and i think yeah i guess like especially around like yeah when we look at like the environmental movement or other social movement spaces as well like often like we often see that maybe with like mansplaining or whitesplaining or white woman like white white feminism explaining mm. of like we we talk like over people and like mm. we think we like advocate for them when really we're just literally talking over them and mm. you know and like so like maybe maybe your intention is good but like it doesn't matter because you're perpetrating like more violence um and mm. harm so like i guess that that is like that just shows again like our our need for system change um to mm. me because it's like um you know like no one has a single answer and like no one should Mm -hmm. and then system change like exactly requires that we take in the local context we take in like the voices of the local populations of their wants and their needs and their cultural context and there's no one fit solution for everything um Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing and you know that's where Mm -hmm. solutions and like new pathways emerge from Mm. and like especially us being like global north slash western based activists it's so and anyone who's listening to this if you're also based in like our kind of cultural context um and you try and do activism work it's so important to be aware of how you can play into saviorism how that can play into power dynamics um and how in maybe intending to um help a community and if maybe and maybe your intention is to amplify mm-hmm. you can just be speaking for and speaking over and that can be yeah. diff- difficult because like we spoke we've spoken about this on quite a few episodes but especially on the relationships and accountability one um 
about how if you have more privilege than then like speaking about an issue that you might not experience but there are more marginalized group experiences yeah. can be really helpful because you'll probably be listened to more and because of your privilege and etc cetera, etc cetera. but we need to make sure that we're never just speaking for people uh-huh. or speak we should be like pairing that with amplification always uh-huh. and like using every opportunity and something someone actually recently like um like held me accountable for that on my own instagram they like messaged me being like you should be amplifying activists from the global south more and i was like that's actually a really good point and i really really should be doing that uh-huh. and uh-huh. even in like what kind of resources i choose to share or what accounts i choose to share um and so I think, yeah, we all need to make sure that if, say that we're speaking on an issue we don't experience ourselves, um, like we should speak on that issue mm-hmm. to to amplify that struggle, but we should pair that with like amplifying the voices of yeah. other people who actually experience that oppression or actually experience that issue um, and not make it just about us and mm. like remove and move it. That's like kind of like, I guess, during like the height of BLM over the summer, mm. like when we'd see um, white activists post a picture of themselves um, talking like yeah. with a BLM sign or something. Um, that's where you're centering yourself within that. Mm. It's like there are ways you can do it separately. You say that you're talking about um, refugee rights rather than having a picture of yourself. Maybe you could have a picture of a conversation from Calais poster yeah. or something instead just yeah. to kind of like, to make sure that you're, that when like it's, I guess it can be hard because like the, like playing the algorithm and everything like how can we yeah and there's also and I mean especially there there's also you know this like um posting pictures of people who haven't consented for like especially mm. like children and like this obsession around like poverty or like obsession around like showing pictures that might actually be more like dehumanizing to the individual that's shown so like yeah how can we yeah how can we like I guess like pose the big questions like when we have privilege then it's then it's easier for us to like ask the really difficult questions i suppose Mm. to like start these like really difficult debates which a person who's who doesn't have that privilege might be like might be harmful for them to start that conversation but then Mm. it's about like yeah like creating new spaces or like Mm. you know like making room for for them then to like be there so like it's almost like using the tool of like doing the hard labor so someone else can do the like the work that they want to um Mm. so i I guess like in different contexts like it's always around like self-critical evaluation and i constantly looking Mm -hmm. at like you know what is actually required of me and um Mm. and it's not like these demands aren't there like there's so many clear like you know, around the like BLM uprising, like there were so clear demands of what was needed for white people to mm. be like to be done, and you know the same is in other movement spaces where yeah, like indigenous rights, indigenous rights, like quite clear about what they want exactly, <laughs> exactly, and like you know Google exists, like you can Google what you should be doing, or you know, and like if everything comes, like you can mm. yeah, like there's different ways you can acquire like what is best for you to do, and like that constantly also changes and um. And yeah, mm. and, you know, like n- neither of us are perfect. Like I've definitely, no, <laughs> um, definitely, I know that like in the past and in even current times, probably like I am perpetrating like some some things around like saviorism, and mm. like really like and that is like needs to be constantly being like addressed and like unlearned, and that's like a lifelong journey. Um, mm. but yeah, and I I think that's like the only way we can. I guess I go forward of like being really honest and being like, yeah, like, for example, white supremacy means that like my entire existence is based on like 
kind of doing saviorism work so like how can i mm. as much as i do like try like address that um yeah and that's true i think like both of us are very honest with the fact that we're not perfect at all mm. and we're, we're constantly trying to address ourselves and like i've like gone on a saviory trip in the past i i'm sure that i continue to um fall short in so many ways as mm. well but I just think it's like all of us should just be reflective of that and yeah. always thinking like, like how might I be perpetuating harmful harmful stereotypes or harmful behavior and how can I be better mm-hmm. within that? And then also like if you ever see someone else perpetuating behavior and your your immediate reaction is to just be like, I can't believe they've done that and said, just be mm. like, how do I also perpetuate that in some way? And that's how we can like constantly be trying to be better, I guess, and like trying to be better ab- advocates yeah. and activists. And there's such, I guess there is such a a fine line between being savioristic and being and advocating for people. And like, right. we need to always be aware that that is a fine line and like that we need to, especially like in environmental movements and social justice movements mm. and racial justice movements, like all of this, these conversations are so important. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I guess, and like one thing is to like, because I've definitely thought in the past of like, oh, if I now call in this other person where I kind of like see some like other white saviorism going on, am I then being like a white savior? But there I felt like, you know, like because we we were both like, because it, it was more of like calling in the people that like, or like, yeah, fellow white people. I was like, okay, like we can grow there together. And it's like actually quite important mm. that like in different ways, you like call in these people and you like learn mm. together. Whereas in other ways, in other circumstances, like it definitely wouldn't be my place to like mm. call, like call upon these people and being like, hey, this is X, Y, Z. That's what I think. Like that wouldn't be my place. Mm. So I think that's also maybe something that people can think about like their position different like social networks and different social positions and like privilege and like when is it your time to like to speak and like when is it your time to like listen and like actively mm. like learn from others um mm. yeah yeah Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Um, we hope that you've had some food for thought. Um, I know that like I've been challenged by this conversation so. and I think I constantly need to be challenged around, like especially being an, like an activist and in press and media stuff, mm. like being visible doing this work. Like there, there can be so many savior tropes and saviorism that can follow us and therefore we need to be at, like aware of it. Mm. And I hope that... Yeah, I hope you will be challenged too and that you'll be reflecting more on like how we see things in the media and stuff. If you want to learn more about the media, we did an episode of the media a couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been one of the co-hosts, um, Michaela Loach. You can find me on Instagram, it's just my name. Um, and I'm Josephine Becker. Uh, I'm Trees and Peace on Instagram. And also just a little disclaimer, when I refer to white people, I also mean myself. Um, I have, (laughs) I noticed that like, yeah. And it definitely like when I call upon other white people, I'm calling also on myself and calling myself out. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at the Yikes Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much to our Patreons for supporting and enabling our work. Uh, It's just the Yikes Podcast on Patreon. 
And thank you so much to the wonderful Finley Mowat who does all the sound amazing geniusness. Um, and make sure that whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, you rate it and you subscribe as it helps the podcast reach more people. Um, we hope you're having a really good week and we'll be back soon with another episode. 